Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode 476. Looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Straight a passage. And since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. Indeed, everything is for your benefit, so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. This is Second Corinthians. This is a letter Paul is sending to the church in Corinth. Paul's had this ongoing relationship with them, and it's had difficulties. And he sent 1 Corinthians to deal with some of the difficulties, but they didn't get dealt with, it seems. So he made a visit there, and that blew up. So Paul went back to Ephesus and was trying to settle things down. So he sent a letter called the Tearful Letter, in which he laid out their bad behavior during his visit. That apparently there was some really nasty opposition to him. And the entire church either went along with it or stood by and didn't do anything about it. So his tearful letter challenged them on that. Titus delivered that letter and spent some time with them. Then Paul left Ephesus, went to Macedonia. Titus has left Corinth and linked up with Paul in Macedonia and reported that the church has had a turnaround, or at least a coming to an understanding. Perhaps they didn't really understand what was going on or were afraid to get involved. But the majority of the church, according to Titus, has come around and is supportive of Paul now. But Paul still wants to reach the rest of the church, and that's the purpose of this letter, to try and restore that relationship with those who are still not so sure about Paul. So he's been talking about his ministry, why he does what he does, what it's really all about. And he started talking about the new covenant versus the old covenant. Apparently there's some people who've come into Corinth that we call Judaizers. These are people who claim to be Christians, but have clung to their Judaism, even to the point of demanding that people become Jews in order to be followers of Christ. And so Paul saying, no, they represent the old covenant, which has passed away, whereas the gospel is the new covenant, which has replaced the old covenant. You've already responded to the gospel. You've already entered into the new covenant. So don't go trying to jump into the old covenant. And so he's talking about his ministry, his ministry, which brings life versus the old covenant, which was one based on death and condemnation. And then in the last section, we looked at uh, verse seven, where Paul said, now we have this treasure in clay jars, the treasure meaning the gospel. The clay jars referred to himself as just ordinary. The treasure, the gospel is what's important not the clay jar. And he ended that section in verse 12. So then death is at work in us, but life in you. Referring to the gospel, which is presented through his own suffering, but results in life in the people in Corinth. So now we're looking at verses 13 through 15. Continue that argument of really the the core of his ministry, which is the gospel. Verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Well, he's referring here to Psalm 116.10, the Psalm of David. 
It says, I believed, therefore I spoke. The background is that David's been critically ill, but God has delivered him. God has healed him. And so in this psalm, he's, David is saying, I believed, therefore I spoke, meaning I believed that God is the one who delivered me in this terrible illness. Therefore, I will proclaim what God has done to those around me. I believed, therefore I spoke. Now, Paul, verse 13, saying the same Holy Spirit that spoke through David is the Holy Spirit who speaks through us. So the same spirit of faith along those lines, David believed, therefore proclaimed what God had done. He says, we also believe and therefore speak. So just as David couldn't keep silent because he had seen God at work in his life, Paul said, we can't keep silent because we've seen God at work. We believe and therefore speak. We talk about what we know about God. And then he explains a little more about what it is he knows. Verse 14, for we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. So we know these things. That's what we speak about. We believed, we speak, and we speak about what we know. What is it we know? The one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. That's the gospel. That the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was God at work to take care of the problem of sin so that people who come to Jesus in faith, repent of their sin, ask for forgiveness, will experience the forgiveness of sin, adoption by God, eternal life, salvation. That's the gospel. That's what we know. I specifically touches on the resurrection. If you remember back in 1 Corinthians, there was, a, was an issue about the resurrection. It seemed they were having some problems with this idea of resurrection that many of them had thought, well, we've already been spiritually resurrected and we're so super spiritual. Paul was arguing, no, no, no. The resurrection is something that happens at the end. And so he presents that as part of the gospel. And it is part of the gospel. Too often we forget and leave that out. Oh, there is a future resurrection. That's part of the gospel. So what is it we know? We know the gospel. So what is it we speak? The gospel, because we believe the gospel. Now, included in here will raise us with Jesus, that's resurrection, and present us with you. Now, what's that speaking about? Well, I think he's talking about judgment there, because that's part of the gospel. There is judgment for sin. And there's two options when it comes to judgment, guilty or innocent. Now, we all are guilty on our own. We're already guilty. We're born guilty. The only way to be innocent is to be forgiven of sin. And so when we're presented for judgment, we're either declared innocent or guilty. And that's based on our faith in Jesus Christ. He's going to talk about this a little later on. Next chapter, chapter 5, verse 10, he's going to talk about we all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Then verse 11, he says, we know the fear of the Lord. and We try to persuade people. So here he's talking about judgment. And then he uses this know and speak pair that he's talking about here. We believe and speak about what we know. So we know the fear of the Lord and try to persuade, that is, speak to people. 
That's talking about the end times, the final judgment. And so I think that's what he's talking about here. This present us with you makes sense. He's referring to an end times kind of thing. Now this verb uh, gets translated as present. Only appears twice in this letter, 2 Corinthians, uh, a little later in uh, chapter 11. It's uh, in three other letters, Romans, Ephesians, and Colossians. And all those, it's always yeah, this future end times idea of being presented before God. So he's talking about that end time. When there's the resurrection, but there's also the judgment. But we need not fear that judgment because we will be raised with Jesus and he will present us to God for judgment. And based on our faith, we will be declared innocent. Now, verse 15, indeed, everything is for your benefit, so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Indeed, everything is for your benefit. What's he talking about here? He's talking about this speaking and knowing and the suffering he talked about earlier. So all this suffering that we do in order to speak about the things we know, that is all for your benefit. So as grace extends through more and more people, what he's talking about here is going beyond even the Corinthians, the spread of the gospel. Through our suffering, the gospel is proclaimed, is spoken, and what's spoken, what we know, what we believe, the gospel, and more and more people respond to the gospel and a result of that, it causes more thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. So as more and more people come to Christ, more and more people are thanking Christ. And the glory uh, just keeps pouring out for God as we see what God has done. So the section here is really continuing that discussion about what his ministry is all about. His ministry is about the gospel. His ministry is about people coming to Christ. His ministry about the spread of the gospel. It extends to more and more people. Thanksgiving increases to the glory of God. So about salvation through the spread of the gospel. That is his ministry. And all this is part of explaining to the people in Corinth. Those who still have an issue with him. It's not about how flashy he is as an apostle. It's not about finances associated with him as an apostle. It's not about his physical appearance, his manner of speech, his eloquence, any of that. It's about the gospel. And the fact that he suffers because of this gospel shows how much he believes it. And that's what drives what he does, is his belief in the gospel. And it's for their benefit, his challenge for them is for them to also believe the gospel enough to spread the gospel. That's a challenge for us. Our behavior really gives away what we believe. And so if we honestly sit back and look at our lives and we say, okay, that kind of shows what I really believe. What is it I believe? And what is what I know, but do I believe it to the point that it's going to change my behavior? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.